Hello, this is uh, Jonas from Catatonia. You're listening to Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hello. Hey, Jonas. Hello. How are you, my friend? All good. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Sorry? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. Okay, I've got my partner, Rena, on the line. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you. Hey, Jonas. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How are you doing today? I'm pretty okay. What you been spending your time on? Today I've been uh, not doing too much. I've been uh, working a little bit on music and uh, I just recently uh, cooked some dinner and uh, now I'm having a glass of wine. Good for you. Oh, you lucky bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had some wine. Like, seriously, I just went to have dinner at a restaurant and we, like, finished our order at 5.02 and I was like, okay, so give me, I could have like a glass of Prosecco or something to go with it. And they were like, sorry, you're two minutes late. We can't serve alcohol anymore. Yeah. This is how you fix Corona, apparently. <laughs> Not serving alcohol after 5 p.m. Yeah, yeah. So stupid. <clears throat> but hey, it's so good to have you on the show. Catatonia is like my all-time favorite band, or at least in the top three. So this is like a huge thrill for me, so... Thank you for participating. Yeah, that's great to hear. Thank you. You want to take- and um, congratulations on yet another great album. It's it's pretty epic again, and I really love the direction that it's going to or taking Caratonia, even though it still obviously holds the like trademark sound and and one of those trademark things being your voice, which is really cool. Um, can I ask you something about like? how you perform live. Yeah, sure. Okay, so I've, I've seen you like a few times and one of those times was at the Tuska Festival here in Helsinki because like Bruce is in the States and I'm here in Finland. Okay. And um, so Tuska is like my, you know, highlight of the summer and of course it's canceled now. But, you know, a few years back it wasn't and you guys were also playing and I, rem- I remember it was scorching hot and you're there, like, singing with your entire set of hair just in front of your face. <laughs> and I, I was having a panic attack just watching and trying to imagine, like, the oxygen deprivation yeah. that you must be under. So how do you actually do that? And, and do you, like, practice at home with a pillow on your face and just, like, I can do this. I can do this without breathing, you know? <laughs> no, I don't. And... Um... You know, I don't even think about it. You know, when when we're performing, um, to me, I don't think that the hair is the biggest problem when it comes to uh, if we're playing a hot, you know, stage somewhere. Um, of course, it adds up to uh, to everything. But I I really like getting a bit sweaty when I'm doing a gig because then you will feel afterwards that it's you know that you have been uh, doing something. Uh, energetic even though we're, we're maybe not the most energetic band but you know <laughs> uh, you can at least feel that you've been doing something important which is nice you know right yeah definitely and even if you don't jump around like singing is is you know it takes some energy and strength and physical strain 
Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you play a gig that's probably at least an hour, if not longer. So it's, it's definitely an exercise. But okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mentally as well, because you have to concentrate and you have to, you know, focus on, on different things all the time to remember the lyrics, to sing them as good as you can. And, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> It's uh, a bit of a, a mental exercise, I think. So, yeah, it's, it's nice. So, do you have? Uh, sorry for some oh, totally hijacking this one, but um, <laughs> so, so do you have trouble learning the lyrics? Do you have like secret notes on the palm of your hand, and, and they get smudged because they were done in, in a, like a ballpoint pen, and then you panic, and you know, I don't know, is that a thing? Uh, not really, not with with Catatonia because. Usually, I mean, there's always the the off word that you forget every gig. I think you know, there's some words that just disappear, but um, most of them I, I I know by heart, uh, and we usually rehearse quite a bit before. So if there's something I can't really, um, you know, remember from from years before, I just stand there with a, a lyric sheet and and try to memorize everything. Right. But I have done, I did a few shows with uh, a side thing that I had with Bruce um, from The Pineapple Thief. Uh, we had this uh, band called Wisdom of Crowds and we did a small tour. And the problem there was I didn't write the lyrics, so I didn't, I just sang them on the album and then it was time to do a tour and I couldn't, you know, really get into... Uh, trying to remember them and I al always remember them in the in the wrong sort of uh, <laughs> ways and, and it was uh, it was a bit uh, <laughs> uh, so then I had to have a paper in front of me of at least on, on one gig I remember and I was sweating so much down on the paper so as you said it, it got all smudged out so uh, on the last song we did uh, there was no writing left on the paper and I had to make up words because <laughs> I knew how, how to sing them, but I had no idea what the real words were. So I just uh, made something up on the spot. Nice. Which is, a, you know, that's a fun fun memory. But once you're there, it, it's not too too fun. Right. In the moment, it's not fun, people. sure. <laughs> so I have yeah, a question. I that's an amazing thing. But you mentioned that you didn't write the lyrics. So do, do you think it's like also an extra challenge to try and like then convey the spirit and the emotion that the lyrics are, are trying to portray if you're not like if, you, if they're not from your pen um you know i i could probably learn any lyrics but uh i think it's much easier if you wrote them yourself because then you have been working them you have been you know swapping out words for the, the, the ones that you want to use. They're sort of, um, you know, they, they're stuck in, in, in your brain somehow. So I think that's easier, at least for me, uh, to remember my own words. But, you know, I like words, I like lyrics, so I, I usually don't have a problem learning uh, other stuff either. But that Wisdom of Crowds thing was uh, a bit rushed, I think, with we got the shows... Uh, we didn't have too much time to rehearse. And, right. Uh, yeah. You know, that's stuff that happens. 
All right. Yeah, so. I was like more for the like the emotional side of it. Like when you're performing them, not so much just remembering the lyrics, but just infusing that emotion into them. Like yeah, yeah, I think so. Interpretation of them. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, you're closest to yourself. That's that's what people always say, and, and I guess it's true. So if you write the lyrics yourself, they're coming from your heart or or soul or whatever. Uh, then it's probably easier to sing them, I would say. Yeah, makes sense. Bruce, what do you think? So I have a question for you. So I'm a longtime fan as well. I've seen you a couple times on 70,000 Tons of Metal and here in the U.S. But um, you guys were one of the first ones to do a live stream, I believe, when this whole pandemic or a real live stream. And I was curious how it was performing. I know you mentioned it during it, but is it, was it really difficult performing without anybody in the crowd? Because you don't get that that give and take. Yeah, that that was actually the the most difficult thing about the whole scenario, and I wasn't aware beforehand because I mean we did a, a you know a lot of rehearsals before, and when you rehearse, you don't have a crowd, obviously, and so it felt like you know it, it should be like a rehearsal but all you know when when we actually started playing that show it felt like a real show because you had the nerves you had the it was really hot so it was uh, very sweaty and and it felt like a real show and but the thing was that between the songs my brain had for at least one or two seconds between every song my brain said Oh, so they don't like this song because there's, <laughs> there's, there's no cheering, no applause, no nothing right. until I sort of remembered what we were doing, actually. So that was actually the hardest thing about the whole live stream because there was, you know, dead silence between the songs. And that's not what you want to <laughs> when you want to hear production wise, <laughs> though, I think it set the no, bar. Really. production wise. I think it set the bar really high, though, because. That one was done so well that a lot of other ones I've seen since then, you know, don't hold the candle to. Was it hard getting that absolutely killer production? Um, not really, because we were we were sort of asked to do this because our friend David Castillo, who is the owner of the the Grundal Studio where we recorded the whole thing, he was also affected by the pandemic because he usually works with uh, clients from abroad, and all of a sudden. Um, no one could travel, you know. So he he tried to come up with a new concept where he could, you know, earn at least some money. And this was the thing he was wanting to try out. And what we were, I think, one of the first bands that he asked to gotcha. be part of it. So uh, when we came there for a meeting, he was saying, like, I have a video team and, and they have... Um, all the, the the things you need to broadcast this live, and, and so we didn't really think too much about the production. We all uh, only wanted to, you know, prepare ourselves to do a gig that's uh, in a weird setting, you know. So, uh, but I think the, the the whole thing was very professional. It came out really well. Oh, I agree. I think uh, it set the standard yeah. really high. It was great. Yeah. Thank you. I, 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 yeah. I've watched a lot since then, and that's kind of what I hold everything else to. I'm like, shit, I saw the Catatonia one, and it just blew my mind. Yeah, that's great. I mean, as I said, we, we didn't know 
anything what to expect from it. Right. Not the outcome, not the, the you know, the sort of reception it got. We did, we had no idea. And uh, for us, it was overwhelming afterwards. It was, uh, people were, you know, so happy with it. Um, and it, yeah, very, very rewarding thing to do in a, in a very strange situation for everyone, you know. So I'm, I'm just happy that we could broadcast some, you know, enjoyment to people oh, yeah. all around the world. Yeah. All right. So I've got one more. I told them I wouldn't keep you too long. Are you uh, taking advantage to, you said you're working on new material. Is there any catatonia stuff in the works? Well, I, I work on music all the time. So uh, I guess you could say that, you know, but I don't really, right now, I mean, it's it's been a year now since the, the, the new album came out, but right. it doesn't feel like that because we haven't played a single show for it yet. Right. So there's no rush. I'm, I'm just writing music just to have, you know, to, to spend my days basically okay. <laughs> to do something right. that's fulfilling and creative. Because I think if I would just sit around here and, and think about the situation, I would, you know, go crazy, uh, have a breakdown. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Rena? Understandable. Yeah, the whole breakdown thing is imminent <laughs> to most of us. Yeah. <laughs> like, hit the fan and, and, like, you know, we get clearer air afterwards, I guess. But, yeah, my question is, like, you guys had some gigs booked for June already. I think there was, like, Ukraine, Poland, places like that. Do you think those are going to happen? No, I don't think so. Yeah. For gigs that, that were postponed from last year. And, uh, you know, it, it makes sense to, to move them forward a year, but I don't think they will happen. I'm, I don't have the exact lowdown on which gigs are already canceled, but right. I mean, as it looks right now, I think, you know, gigs probably uh, maybe later in the summer, uh, more probably in the in the fall, hopefully, you know, but right. I don't have like a, uh, an insight or anything. I'm, I'm just guessing here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As, as anybody else is doing at the moment, you know. Sure. Right. Exactly. At least the Finnish gig, the Cultura Dollar gig in Helsinki was, was, I think, in January 2022. So yeah. we have hope. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a fair bit of time. So hopefully the, the situation can, you know, change until then. I really hope so, because we, we definitely need to get out there and, and yeah. do a tour for the album and... and you know, get back on track. Yeah, absolutely. I, we're all going to have our fingers crossed for that to happen. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much, Jonas. Hey, thank you, my friend. Amazing. I appreciate you taking the time on such short notice. I know you're, it's late there. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much for, for taking the time yeah. as well. I'm hoping we Hope see you somewhere you. on the road here. Yeah. 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 Let's get back on, on the road and, and see each other and all that. Throw, throw down a beer. Yeah, drink beer. Yes. Beer with people, real yeah. people, at the same table. Oh my god. Yeah. All right, it my friend. Happen, it will happen. I hope it's sooner. Than, yeah, you. I love Agree. <laughs> All right, be well, my friend. Thank you. Stay safe. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Bye. Friday, friend. Bye. Yeah. You too. Cheers. All right. Bye. 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 Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like, or how you cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? 
Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh.